Tiger fans, don't take this comparison too far, but a Norbo Tang reminds me a little bit of the NBA's Anthony Edwards, plus a football conversation with former Missouri corner Clayton Baker coming up right now on Locked on Mizzou. You are Locked on Mizzou, your daily podcast on the Missouri Tigers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hail you true sons and daughters, I'm John Miller, your Mizzou mafioso and the central scrutinizer of Missouri Tigers football and basketball. And today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for $20 off your first purchase. And, you know, for all the football talk that's obviously been dominating the Mizzou beat lately, I realized while I did talk about a Norbo Tang's commitment to Dennis Gates' basketball program on social media on Friday, well, that news got a little bit buried to the point where I haven't actually discussed it properly on the podcast. So, obviously, another huge commitment here in so many ways for Dennis Gates and his crew. Anor Botang, a 6'5", 200-pound shooting guard from Little Rock. And it's just not too often when a guy who is as highly ranked from the state of Arkansas is plucked out of that state. In fact, only John Calipari, I believe, has done it in the past 10 years or so. But Missouri and Dennis Gates able to get a really good prospect, the 23rd best prospect in the entire country in 2024, according to Rivals.com. You look at some other places, he's a little bit lower ranked, but hey, 41st at 24-7 sports, yeah, that's pretty doggone good too. So obviously this is an incredibly high-level player here. And the Anthony Edwards comp, well, he isn't as highly ranked as Anthony Edwards was coming out of college, or out of high school, I should say, before he committed to the University of Georgia. But what reminds me of Edwards is that he's a guy who has the prototypical size and strength for a shooting guard and the athleticism as well, but maybe... Maybe the game just needs a little bit more of polish, essentially, especially in, in terms of shooting. I'm not saying that Botang is a bad shooter. In fact, I like the form. I think with a little bit of adjustments here and there, obviously a little bit more experience. And number one, it just seems like after what Demoy Hodge and Kobe Brown, even more in particular, did at the three-point line last year for Missouri Seems like Gates and his staff have the magic touch in terms of being able to coach up shooting. But a guy who I think if he does find that shot at Missouri, and I would bet on that he will, here's a guy who's got his prototypical defensive size for the position and athleticism as well. I don't think he has the extreme outlandish athleticism that Anthony Edwards might possess. Again, that's why I don't want anybody to go completely crazy with that comparison, I'm just making the comparison because, again, the prototypical athleticism and body, I think he's going to grow into an even more polished player than what you see today with the help of Dennis Gates and the whole coaching staff. And again, as we sit today, depending on which service you look at, Missouri either has the number one or number two ranked basketball class in the country and if Missouri gets nobody else just based on their scores well this is a top 10 class but it seems almost certain 
then Missouri's going to get at least one more high school player and probably a high-level high school player, at the very least a top 100 type kid, maybe even a top 10 or 15 nationally type kid if it's somebody like Jaden Quaintance from Raleigh, North Carolina. So just an exciting freaking time to be a Missouri basketball fan once again. And of course, if you missed it yesterday, a lot of Missouri fans were upset, and I was definitely surprised at first, at least, that the Missouri LSU game was eleven a is now an eleven a.m. kickoff on October seventh. That was announced just yesterday. I was assuming it was probably going to be a night game, just because it was sure looking like Missouri is going to be undefeated entering that ball game. Of course, LSU thirteenth currently as well but you know what when you really actually look at it look at the slate for that week you know it does actually make some sense what happened there because well the 6 p.m espn time slot georgia against kentucky those are that's a battle of two undefeated squads at least currently we'll see what happens here in week five for those two teams but as of right now that makes sense that that game would be in a prominent slot Now, of course, Missouri could have gotten the 6.30 time slot on the SEC network, but wouldn't that have been more of an insult than having the ESPN time slot at 11 a.m., the post-game day slot? That's actually a pretty good slot in terms of actual coverage and media eyeballs, just audience for your team in general. So actually, the 11 a.m. post-game day ESPN slot is a nice slot for Missouri and LSU. Lord knows Fox does their big noon thing, so they obviously don't mind putting big games in that slot either. The 2.30 CBS slot, Alabama and Texas A&M. I suppose we can argue which game you expect to be better. I think actually Missouri and LSU might be a more entertaining football game, but A&M and Alabama, tough to argue with the amount of eyeballs on those two particular programs. So, I don't know. To me, at the end of the day, kind of much ado about nothing. Missouri's going to have to play a good ball game regardless of when the game kicks off. Certainly, Missouri just won a huge game at 11 a.m. against K-State. So, who knows? Maybe we've got the home morning routine down, and this is actually an advantage for the Missouri Tigers. We shall see. And coming up on the show, a former Missouri cornerback, Clayton Baker, joins me for a really fun football conversation. Great to have his perspective from a guy who used to actually do it for the Tigers. Now, I think some people are going to think that maybe Clayton is a little bit critical, maybe too critical of Missouri at first. I'm just here to tell you that I can tell by Clayton's personality that He's a, he's a bodybuilder. He's a personal trainer. He's just the type of guy who looks at a nine and wants to make it into a 10. That's just his personality. And I think if you keep with that whole, the whole thing, I think you'll obviously realize that Clayton has tons of love for the university of Missouri, considering he's taking notes on the games from thousands of miles away in Hawaii. Yeah. I'd say he still has tons of love for Missouri. So a great conversation with Clayton Baker uh, coming up here in just a little bit. But first, I want to tell you about game time because you know what? I actually used game time myself this past Saturday to get tickets to the Memphis game in the Dome at the at the last minute, and it could not have been an easier experience, quite honestly. And here was the best part. I was able to view the exact tickets I wanted, get the perspective 
right on my phone, know exactly what I was going to get. And what I got was really a perfect view of the game film of the all 22 coaches cam footage that I like to take. So thank you game time for not only those tickets, but making the podcast a little bit better. And you know what? Here's what you got to do. You got to take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time. Download the game time app, create an account and use the code locked on college for $20 off your first purchase terms apply again create an account and redeem code l-o-c-k-e-d-o-n-c-o-l-l-e-g-e for twenty dollars off download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Locked On Mizzou podcast. And, well, the other day I was telling a personal story from way back in the 90s about Clayton Baker, a former Missouri cornerback. And, well, wouldn't you know it, it's as if I conjured him out of thin air. He's joining us here from Hawaii very early in the morning here. So thanks for being here, Clayton. Well, thank you for having me on. This is quite a pleasure. It truly is. Yeah, we were just talking about the old days and my mom and all kinds of stuff. But, you know, we can talk about the old days forever. But I want to talk about the 2023 Tigers, actually, with Clayton. And he just sent me a a message last night just having, you know, we're going to pick some nits from the Tigers game and the Tigers start to the season for sure. But, of course, Missouri's 4-0. I want to hear what you liked about Missouri's win over Memphis before we start picking some nits, Clayton. Well, I think the one thing that I like the most from an offensive standpoint, I think that we're starting to open up the offense more and not be just dedicated to getting the ball to Burton. Now, I think that we're doing a good job of getting him the ball, but the thing that made Missouri such a tough offense for the longest years under under Pinkle was that you could not stop one guy. If you stop one receiver, three other receivers picked up their game. And now, and and also dealt with trust. And I think you're starting to see Brady Cook trust his other receivers more because that that touchdown that you saw him throw at the at the start of the game that was yep. the exact same route that Burton had ran the week before, and you know, and that just shows trust because he set his feet, he he he, he threw it, and the next thing you know, touchdown, which is the exact same thing. So offensively, I like what I see as far as pushing the ball. Um, the thing that that still bothered me, I still feel we're not consistently running the ball. And what I mean by that is when you get into SEC play, if the one thing that you cannot be able to do is not run the ball, you're not going to win a lot of games because those games are going to be between, sometimes decided between seven to ten points. You get that by running the ball because what you do is that you, you can take a series away from the other team. So offensively, uh, that's what I'm liking. Um, I'm still, I'm still iffy on our offensive line, uh, simply because I, I feel like it, once they get established, that's what's going to really make that running game take off. But other than that, I like what I see offensively, um, defensively. Um, when you have a nine starters coming back, I think that the defense has yet to be dominant. Uh, even though when you look at the scores, I still say that we are not killing the run game of other teams because you look at the K-State game. If K-State keeps running their ball, we're going to be in trouble. You know, even when you look at Memphis, if Memphis keeps running their ball, we're going to be in trouble because you, you start to see holes and gaps as the game uh, progressed. So overall, um, I like that we had a victory. 
you know, I think that that's a really good thing. But I'm more concerned about how we're starting to look as a team as we're heading into SEC play. Yeah, and Missouri was really, really good, obviously, against Memphis and Kansas State on first down, second down, sort of what people call standard downs. But mm-hmm. when you got to third down, obviously, it's been a real problem the last couple of weeks here. Mm-hmm. What did you see? I noticed in your notes that you were saying that Missouri was wasting too many series. Yeah. Is that kind of what you meant there? Absolutely. It's like, it's like for instance, when we're looking at the uh, K-State game, and I break them down by series, you have series five, six, seven, eight, you have you have five different series in a game where it's a waste. And what I mean by waste, you end up punting the ball uh, to the other team. And, and, and that's because you couldn't get on, get on, uh, stay on the field because your third down efficiency is horrible, you know. And that's the one thing that, you know, Missouri has to get better at offensively is that third down conversion because that's what keeps you on the field. And that's what keeps the other offense off the field. And you know, you think about the uh, the the K State game at one point nine. At, at one point in time, we were one for nine on third down efficiency, and K State was four for eight. See, that's what I'm talking about. About that run game, is that that run game is not where it should be, and that's why that, that's the reason why we're not able to convert these 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 third downs. So right now, my biggest concern is being able to, as you said, that third down efficiency. How well are we going to get at that? Yeah, it's interesting. I, I'm actually I'm a little, I'm a little less worried defensively about Missouri stopping the running game so far mm-hmm. than you are. But I will say one thing I've noticed: it's almost as though Missouri is selling out on the run so much in certain third down situations. They're allowing the running back, from what I've seen, to just kind of leak into the flat and just an easy little dump off sometimes for the quarterback has really turned into big yardage. And a lot of that has to do with missed tackles as well, which is something I think Missouri struggled a bit with here defensively early. Oh, absolutely. I would have to agree that right now as a defense, we are struggling. But I think that another thing that that's bothering me defensively is we're not running the coverages the right way because every time that you see those running backs in a flat, we're actually running cover two. We're supposed to have a guy in the flat jumping at. That's the thing. You know, right. there I, has I been know, missed assignments. Right. I know Coach Baker's making that call. I know that he's telling these guys, look, they're going to win this formation. And I know they've practiced this. When you when they see this formation, they're going to dip that guy in the flat. The quarterback is going to look deep first. And if he doesn't see what he needs to see deep first, then he's going to check down. And that's the thing. That's always the little access guy. That's the check down guy. Because you look at us, when we use our check down guy, that other team got somebody on us. Right? So yeah. why, are we, why are we missing this guy? And a lot of it is, has to do with the discipline of your eyes. Because when you're running a, a, a coverage, your eyes are going to do two things. They're either going to help you or they're going to get you beat. One of the other is about to happen. And right now, it's getting us beat. Because we are we, we we don't have we don't have that eye discipline to know as a secondary. Hey, when they, if we're playing zone, when that guy gets out of my zone, don't chase that guy. Let him go off into another zone. You stay in yours. 
You know, I think sometimes what I see is Missouri does a pretty good job, I think, of, you know, there's so much motion these days that offenses use pre-snap, all the jet sweep type stuff. We're so worried about, okay, who's got the jet guy? Who's got the motion guy? I think sometimes in the middle of that communication, we sometimes just forget about simply the running back. Like you said, just the little simple outlet pass there. What do you think about that? Oh, absolutely right. But that comes back to communication. Yeah. You know, when, when, when I was there, we, we used to, we, we had the title of the gab five. And the reason why they called the gab five wasn't because of the trash talking. It was because of the, that's how much we communicated during before and after each play. It's like, there were times when I would tell Damani cross, Hey, Hey, Damani, I'm going to, I'm going to jump everything short. If that guy, if that guy goes deep, you got him, but I'm, but I'm going to jump everything short. And so that so that was the communication right there. So Damani knew if that guy goes deep, I got him now. But anything short, Baker's going to jump him, right? But right. that's where the communication going because these guys are veteran guys. Rake Straw, I met him uh, in August. Uh, these guys are talented, but sure. but but one thing that they're not doing, they're not communicating. I mean, look at the, look at the defense as a whole. They're not communicating with each other. It's like they're expecting everybody to know what they're supposed to do without communicating. And that's the one area that I think that as a defense we have got to get better at is just communicating with each other to say, hey, this is what I'm going to do. What are you what you're going to do? And coming up more from Clayton Baker, including our thoughts on how Missouri does finish this 2023 season. Which of us is more of the optimist? Well, we'll find out here in just a little bit. But first, I want to tell you about DoorDash. And I'll tell you, while it is awesome to get your favorite dishes from your local restaurants from DoorDash. To me, I love getting grocery delivery from DoorDash even better. Just cooking my own breakfast in the morning instead of relying on the restaurants. I don't know. I just feel a lot better when I actually whip it up myself, throw it into my daughter's gullets. It's a good time had by all. But you know what? You'll get exactly what you're ordered from DoorDash or they'll make it right. So sit back and enjoy quality groceries just like you pick them up yourself and get 50% off your first DoorDash order up to a $20 value when you use the code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE at checkout. That's a limited time offer. Terms do apply. That's 50% off up to $20, no minimum subtotal, and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE. Don't forget that's code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for 50% off your first order with DoorDash. So you got me thinking there was one... Game, really one play in particular by the defense that I got frustrated with against Memphis and it was they gave up a big third and 18 completion and one thing I noticed just watching back the film that I took from the stadium on that play Missouri brought quite a bit of pressure from mm-hmm. the right side and it really opened up I don't know I believe it was just a pretty skinny a skinny post route maybe something like that that allowed the guy to get to the sticks but earlier in the game first half Missouri rushed three dropped eight guys into some kind of zone coverage there was three mm-hmm. guys three safeties deep and like five guys in the middle intermediate part of the field 
Mm-hmm. And Memphis had absolutely nothing there. Mm-hmm. The three guys up front did a pretty good job of getting some kind of pressure, at least making him break the pocket. Mm-hmm. And I'm just wondering, Clayton, from your experience, obviously playing football at Missouri, playing literal defensive back at Missouri, would you rather see the latter or the former there? Are you more, hey, bring bring pressure on third and 18, or would you rather, hey, just give me give us a, a, a soft zone there and make give him the smallest gaps the quarterback can get? What, what's your preference there? Okay, now you're talking to an old corner here. Okay, now watch out because I'm going to tell you, I think they should put more pressure. Okay. You know, I think they should put more pressure simply because you have a veteran secondary. It's not like these guys are rookies. Okay. But the thing is, you have to know when that, when, when, when there's going to be pressure put on the quarterback as a secondary, you have to play more sound. Okay. And what I was always taught was this if you are playing man and that receiver's cross, cross your face, that's never a good thing. Right. You're going to get beat every single time. And what you keep seeing, is that we keep letting receivers cross our face and we keep letting receivers cross our face because we're too worried about what's going on in the backfield instead of reading your reading the progression of these routes and jumping them, knowing what they are about to do. Because when I was at when I was at Mizzou, I had a great opportunity. Uh, I got to meet Lou Holtz because Lou Holtz and Larry Smith were real good friends. And Lou Holtz came to practice one day and he asked me this question and he said, young man, are you defending the route? Or are you challenging a route? Hmm. And for the longest time, I didn't understand the person. He could tell by my look, I didn't understand. He said, okay, here's, here is the difference. When you're challenging a route, you know what route they're going to run, and you're going to try to stop them from running. When you defend the route, you have no idea what they're running, and then you're just reacting. Right. And so I just wonder sometimes, are we challenging a route, or are we defending the route? Which one are we doing in the secondary? Because I have yet to figure that out. Well, I'll tell you this. I think Chris Abrams drain is certainly defending the route in my mm-hmm. opinion. I think rake straw is really just about right there with him. I mean, you're, mm-hmm. you're the corner. You could tell me, but to my eyes, I think our outside corners are excellent. I think at times though, if Missouri brings pressure and they don't get home, I do worry about the safeties, the linebackers, if they're going to have enough time to hold up and coverage, that's something I would worry about. Well, I mean, I could see that, but I can also say this. From a technique standpoint, if you are in man coverage, you cannot give up the inside. Right. Period. Point simple. You have I'm to let the quarterback throw outside. Yeah. And what I keep saying is, when you when, whenever you talk about the safeties, that's that that goes back into communication once again, where the safeties and the corners are not communicating with each other. Because if you're going to play from an outside technique, then that safety has to know that and to know that I'm I'm going to play everything on the inside. Right. Right. So yeah. then if he breaks it, if he breaks inside and comes and goes vertical, guess what? Now the corner is going to be playing on this uphill outside shoulder and the safety is going to be playing on the inside. That's almost like a double team or a bracket, but it's not. It's just the evolution of the coverage. Now, obviously, you think Missouri, one note you sent here, sent me here before we started recording, you think Missouri needs to create more turnovers. Obviously, every defense wants to create more turnovers. Is it just as simple as creating more havoc up front? Or do you think there's something the actual defensive backs can do as well from your perspective? Well, a couple of things. Number one, um, I think that if we play tighter coverage, um, I think that the pressure that we're automatically going to put on the quarterback is going to change things. You know, but I also say this, that the reason why I was saying more turnovers, and yes, every defense would like that, but if you think about this, Missouri has nine returning starters, 
back on this defense. They should be averaging three or four turnovers a game. That's where they should be because they, they're that veteran and they're that good. But what you see is even when they put pressure on the quarterback, they're not always getting there. And since they're not getting there, they're getting that quarterback time to throw their ball. Now, I don't care how good you are as a corner. You got 4.2 seconds to cover that, that receiver. After 4.2 seconds, when we get into 5, 5.2, 5.3 seconds, now you're going to get beat deep because now you're allowing that quarterback time to set his feet. And you know as well as I do, when you're at the Division One level, I don't care what team it is, when you let that quarterback set his feet, you're in trouble. No doubt about it. I agree with that. And uh, you know what, Clayton? So how are you feeling about this Missouri team now? We're, we're 4-0, obviously ranked. But we haven't proven everything yet, that's for sure. Oh, shoot, I lost him there. Oh, there he is. Okay, mm-hmm. he's back. Anyway, Clayton, I was just going to ask you, how are you feeling about the rest of this season, eight games left? Where do you feel like Mizzou is going to finish up here? I, You know what? I feel good. Now, maybe I'm just biased because I'm gonna, I am a Mizzou Tiger until the day that, that the Lord takes the breath from me. I, I will always feel like I owe Mizzou something because Mizzou took a chance on me. I was five foot nothing, a hundred and nothing coming into Mizzou. So, uh, you know, that's where I had met my wife and everything. So as far as I'm concerned, I will, there's nothing that Mizzou could do in my eyes that will make me look at them less than uh, as a university. Uh, Football, I feel really good about it. Um, Yeah, we're 4-0, but here's the thing. This is the thing I keep telling people. This is a progression with the head coach. You saw... Mizzou getting better in other areas. And now what you're seeing now is that these games last year, remember, early in the season, these games last year, Missouri was losing. Right. You know, they were losing games. But now they're winning these same tight games, which then shows you maturity. But it also shows you the trust that they have in a coach and that the coach has in, has in them. Uh, 4-0, uh, I'm looking forward to the Vandy game. But here's the thing. Vandy always gets up for Missouri. Yep. I don't know what it is about Vanderbilt. They just hate Missouri for some reason because <laughs> they play they like they play lights out. I was at that game a couple of years ago uh, when it was homecoming for them and it was nobody there. And right. then the next thing you know, they started beating Missouri. Then the whole crowd fills up. I was at that game. You know, I was like, okay. Start coming from Broadway, huh? Right. I was like, where, where are these dudes <laughs> coming from, right? Yep. Um, but then when you look at LSU, you know, LSU is going to be a tough game. And Missouri is going to have a gauntlet that they're about to go through. And this yep, is the no SEC, doubt. right? So you think about it. We have – there it is. Sorry about that. We, oh, haven't, good. we haven't beaten Kentucky in, what, six years? So Kentucky feels real good about playing us. Yeah. You know, Tennessee is a 50-50 game because Florida just showed you Tennessee's beatable. Yep. Okay, last year they were not. This year, you see, totally different team. Florida's beatable. So when you look into it, the games, honestly, that makes me nervous, honestly, Kentucky, yeah, South Carolina, Arkansas. Those honestly, games make all, me nervous. All those games, all, all six of them make me nervous, really. Vanderbilt yeah. even makes me nervous, like you say. And, of course, Georgia's kind of another yeah, animal Georgia's, at this Georgia's point. Yeah, Georgia's going to be the juggernaut. Yeah, they Georgia. haven't played their A game yet, but you know what? I don't think Missouri's played their A game yet either, Clayton. And, but and, and see, and neither do I. And that's what's going to make that game interesting because Georgia know that they got by by the heroes of Chinny Chin Chin last season. They know that. Yeah, that's why Missouri woke them up. Yeah, right. And then they started playing lights out football the rest of the season. 
So what I'm saying is, and think about this, Missouri came to the big, big uh, SEC in 2012. 2013, Missouri goes to Georgia. Missouri's undefeated at that time. Goes to Georgia and put a thumping on Georgia at Georgia. Yep. So what I'm saying to you is this. The, as far as I'm concerned, for the rest of the season, every game is 50-50. Meaning that if Missouri comes in and plays to their level, I think Missouri can win. But if Missouri does not play collectively whole as a as a, as a as a football team, they're going to lose that game. So they told, have to be stay healthy, which is always a good thing. You know, we still kind of figure out what's going with Brady Cook. But I have to tell you, I was happy to see him play uh, Saturday. Um, I hated to hear about what the fans booing him the week before because that's not that's not what you do as a fan base. You can be disappointed. And you can be upset with the guy, but don't boo him like that because now you're saying we have no confidence in you at all. Right. Yeah, it's totally counterproductive. And yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. And and mm. I agree with you. I think it, we're going to have a lot of really interesting football games here to close out the season. Mm-hmm. I predicted eight and four before the season. And I, I, what do you think? Over under eight and four? Does eight and four sound about right to you? I would say eight and four sounds about right. I would say eight or nine, but yeah. Yeah, eight that's what or I'm nine, thinking but, too. But, I'm thinking maybe even nine now. So I, yeah, he's got a shot in all these ball games. So should be a really excited, see, exciting uh, season here in 2023. And Clayton Baker, thanks so much for your time. I really hey, appreciate, I appreciate it, sir. you, man. You tell your gorgeous mom that I said hello. I will indeed. I will give her that information, sir. Thank all right, you. Man, you take care. You take care, sir. All right, bye bye. And thanks, as always, for making Locked On Mizzou your first listen every day for you everydayers, especially those of you on YouTube. Thanks for putting up with the audio-only version yesterday. I'll be honest, I hid behind the technical difficulties moniker there. Well, you know what? Technically, my difficulty was pushing record on the video end of the podcast yesterday. So my mistake, something I do about once every six or seven months or so, So you know what? I'll probably do it again here in about March. So just be ready for that come NCAA tournament time. But in all seriousness, coming up on the show tomorrow, going to finish out my thoughts on the Memphis game before we fully transition over to Vanderbilt. And of course, everything else that's happening. Who knows? Maybe Missouri will get another incredible basketball player in the fold. Either way, I'll be with you right here tomorrow on Locked on Mizzou. (laughs) 